In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My name is Father Matt. I'm one of the rectors here at the table. This is week one of Epiphany. Yep. The Feast of Epiphany was this week, January 6th. We didn't have uh, Eucharist that day. But I was thinking about how the Feast of Epiphany, at least in our context, falls on an anniversary of an insurrection. Now, Epiphany celebrates the Magi coming to Jesus, and also, as you heard today, the baptism of Jesus by John. Both those events happened under the gaze of violent, powerful leaders. So maybe here's the epiphany. The incarnation was a different kind of insurrection. The kind that condemns violence, transforms weapons to kill into tools of human flourishing. And tells the truth about evil as good news to those who suffer underneath it. Today, friends, Jesus is revealed not as one who stands far off as we muddle in our messes, but one who gets down in the mud and muck with us. This is how God makes justice. This is how God's love is revealed with us as one of us as we tell the truth about ourselves and our world. Our reading from Isaiah today, Isaiah tells us from Israel comes instruction. He uses the metaphor light that brings all the nations to Israel. And God will judge justly the nations, which will lead to the nations forsaking violence in favor of human flourishing. They will no longer learn how to make war. Katie, the pathos and deep emotion that welled up in you. We share that. It's groaning, the spirit groaning. Wouldn't it be great if we just forgot how to make war? How does this happen? Well, Isaiah tells us, O house of Jacob, line of Rebekah, come let us walk in the light of the Holy One of old. This all happens with Israel being Israel. And that is... John the Baptist ministry. Most of our text today in Matthew's gospel is John the Baptist speaking truth to powerful people who come to check it out. He was a wilderness prophet and when powerful people came he talked a lot about judgment, fire, Winnowing forks, axes, sons and daughters of snakes. Look, in a culture where pedigree is everything, this is why Matthew's gospel begins with a genealogy. To call someone the child of a serpent. That's like... uh, that's like your, like your mom joke on crack. This is like the worst thing you can do. 
John's message doesn't seem like it has much good news in it, does it? Fires, axes, winnowing forks. Here's the key, friends. John's message is bad news for those committed to injustice. But it's good news for those who suffer underneath it. All the people who've come out to be baptized in the wilderness hear John's fierce opposition to their oppression as good news. This is how one commentator puts it. Judgment against persecutors vindicates the righteous they oppress. But judgment also warns the righteous not to become wicked. To not name evil as evil, to lie about it, is not good. To call evil evil, and particularly in front of the people it affects, is love. I I came home from work um, one Friday to find, uh, I got a phone call from my wife, hey, uh, there's this kerfuffle, I don't think that's the word she used, definitely not the word you used, there's some sort of skirmish, nope, there's something happening in the backyard, get home quickly. I got home, um, and my son was uh, with another neighborhood boy, and they were red-faced and sweaty and distraught, and a neighborhood dad was there. And I was, ready to, I was ready to go. I came home ready to go. What had happened was this neighbor kid, they were playing football, this neighbor kid had been talking trash, doing weird things, and eventually my son got tired of it, and he, he gave it back to him, and then they, they started brawling. And I walked into this neighborhood dad attempting to quell the anger and hurt that each boy was experiencing with things like, hey, shake hands. You know what? When I was your age, I punched a kid and then he, he became my best friend and the best man of my wedding. This happens. You guys get over this. Let bygones be bygones. And I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm looking for a pound of flesh at this point. And I could tell this, this neighbor dad was doing uh, the best he could in a difficult situation. But I could tell that for these two 13-year-old boys, neither of them thought this wasn't a big deal. Both of them in their bodies were like, I almost died and I almost killed somebody. Friends, when somebody's experiencing harm and we don't reflect the veracity of their perception of that harm, We are gaslighting people. And it's not loving. It's not just. But John was telling the truth about people who controlled the truth to people who suffered underneath it. Finally, someone was naming all the things that I tell myself to get over or get past or you're just too sensitive He was naming that harm and doing something about it. Today, Jesus is revealed, not as one who stands far off, as we muddle 
in our messes, but as one who gets down in the mud and muck with us. This is how God makes justice. This is God's love revealed with us as one of us to tell the truth about ourselves and the world. John, pronouncing judgment on the people who are creating injustice, perpetuating injustice, complicit and culpable in injustice, was calling other people to be baptized. Yeah? Picture this, if you will. The call to be baptized was probably a Gentile initiation rite in the wilderness where prophets said a new exodus would come away from the power center in Jerusalem. In the Jordan River, which is what Israel crossed to get into the promised land, so they were going in and out of the Jordan River, symbolizing some kind of re-entry into the promised land. By the hands of a son of a priest, John, a guy who had status and privilege, but forsake that pedigree to be this weird dude way out on the margins of society who spoke of fire and harvest and threshing and axes, all symbols and signs of judgment. This is quite something. Friends, this is not a religious revival. There's nothing safe and spiritual about what John's doing. He did get beheaded. This was a challenging, difficult word that John the Baptist brought to his people. It was a backwoods coronation of an alternative king. It's hard to put this into like this happening today in our world. I've thought of several different analogies and all of them fall short. All of them fall short. John, who's a son of a priest, is about as far away from the temple as he can be and still be in Israel. Jesus, who's son of a king, about as far away from Jerusalem as he can be and still be in Israel. God's voice, water, God confirms his identity. This is a political revolt. This is seditious behavior. This is provocative stuff. People coming out to be baptized weren't just going to a Chris Tomlin concert. They were participating in John's judgment on the current world order and pledging their loyalty to a different way of life. The kingdom the imp- God's government is imminent. Repent as a way to get into it. Notice what the people who responded to this call to organize their lives under the lordship of God differently than their world order. Notice what they didn't do. They did not get offended at John. How dare you? You don't know me. They didn't accuse him of hating Israel or being anti-Jewish. 
calling his people to faithfulness and love was was an act of loyalty to Israel for John. They didn't dismiss him as radical or smear him as woke. They didn't defend themselves with, well, what about these people I know in Jerusalem? What about these religious leaders? Not all Israelites need to repent. They didn't call John out as being polarizing or divisive. They didn't claim that John was canceling or silencing them. Why? Because the Jews that went out to get baptized by John were in touch with evil and injustice because it happened to them. They knew they were caught up in systems and structures of injustice. Their repentance was less about, forgive me God, because I lied three times yesterday. And more about, we are living in a jacked up world that jacks all of us up. Something has to change or I'm going to lose my mind or die. Today. Jesus is revealed, not as one who stands far off as we muddle in our messes, but one who gets down in the mud with us. This is how God makes justice. This is God's love revealed with us as one of us. As we tell the truth about ourselves and our world. So some implications and then we are going to pray. We talk talk a lot about this, but it is so clear at the beginning of Matthew's gospel that the kingdom of God has a different operating system than the kingdom of the world. There's a different moral logic at work. And we need to continually name that, not only so we can extract ourselves and repent of our own participation, but as good news for those who suffer, who are keenly aware that they are not in the promised land. Second, we need to have different language for why we repent. Most of the people that John was baptizing were per- persecuted, oppressed people, but they weren't looking for someone to blame as much as they were looking for a, a different way of life that would make sense of their reality. There was a different sense of responsibility, of culpability, of complicity that we need to recover. What does it mean? What does it mean to be a man in the U.S. where almost four women a day are murdered because of intimate partner violence? And, we're, and we don't even talk about that much. How many of you knew that statistic? What does it mean to be a man living in a world where male violence is tolerated and sometimes celebrated. Even if I'm not 
violent towards my intimate partner? What does it look like for me to take some kind of responsibility as a man and say, no? I was hoping somebody could tell me. This is what I mean by different kinds of culpability and responsibility. Does that make sense, friends? What does it mean to be a pastor who works with other church leaders and church pastors, who hears stories day after day after day of people who walk away from churches because church leaders fail to know the things that make for peace, fail to fulfill justice and righteousness, screw up and don't say they're sorry, are narcissistic baboons. I'll take that as an amen, Leah. (laughs) What does it mean to be a pastor who also is fallible? How do I, in my body, seek repentance on behalf of the church? What does it mean to take responsibility as a pastor? And on and on and on. Three, the kingdom of God is inherently political. Political. The kingdom of God draws a line in the sand. It takes sides. I, I hate that. I, wanna, I want everybody to like me. I want everybody to be like, oh great, you're a Christian? I'm really glad you're here. We really needed you. But I know that I, uh, if I'm going to follow in the way... Look, Jesus didn't get killed for being nice. <laughs> he got killed because he challenged power and money. That's why he got killed. And third, fires and axes, winnowing forks, etc. By the way, there's, if I had 30 minutes, the axe was associated with Rome. It was a symbol used by Rome. Roman soldiers had axes. And so when John says the axe is at the root of the tree, there's two different, there's a Jewish metaphor he's talking about in terms of the tree being Israel and and God's judgment. But he's also saying, these Romans you like so much, they're going to kill you. You're in bed with your destruction. Fire, axes, winnowing forks, God's judgment against injustice is how love opposes evil. how love opposes evil. May we become the kinds of people who learn how to love like that. A cross-shaped, embodied, others-serving love. Today, Jesus is revealed not as one who stands far off as we muddle in our messes, gaslighting us, things will be okay one day when you fly away. But Jesus gets down in the mud and the muck with us. He fully identifies with us and vicariously with all humans. Why should I baptize you? You, you're, what, what are you doing? No, I'm going to do this too. Because I'm, I'm in this, I'm, I'm in Israel. I need to do this too. This is how God makes justice. With us, as one of us telling the truth about ourselves and our world. 
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.